welcome into another edition of the PHNX D-Backs podcast right here on PHNX. A big ski to you all. Of course, I'm your mayor of PHNX, occasionally known as Derek Montilla. This is my vice mayor, your Thunderstick, a.k.a. Jesse Friedman. We are very excited to be joined by several guests today, yes. including Dan Zimborski from Fangraphs, as well as Arizona Diamondbacks catcher uh, Tucker Barnhart, which is very exciting. We have a clip from an interview we did earlier today. Uh, to discuss about Tucker, but uh, of course, we before the robots and the computers get mad at us, we need to bring Dan Zimborski in here as quickly as possible. Dan, <laughs> what is ha- Dan's on? Dan's on a trial. Uh, what's what's happening here, Dan? Well, I, I, I I'm renting my face, uh, and I have to subscribe <laughs> to be able to keep it. No, uh, uh, I, as you guys are aware, I've been having some technical difficulties, and I had to find virtual camera software in about two minutes uh and uh there there it seems to be defunct software that their registration server is down uh so i'm not sure if they're charging me 12 dollars or not we'll find that out uh so oh, isn't, so, it, oh, isn't uh, it ironic <laughs> that yeah, computers so, are the things bringing you down right now so I'm guessing Tucker is going to have a more professional result than I did. <laughs> well, we don't know if it's really you or if it's AI, but we will believe it's you and we will proceed as such. Uh, well, it's, I have... me. it's me on a trial basis. Okay. All right. This is, yeah, this is what, ha- this is what you get from Dan for a short period of yeah, time. This is the trial run. We we'll only see get if we I think 10 minutes the of an interview. Thing, yeah. And then if we want the rest of the interview, we'll have to pay the annual subscription fee. But uh, we are very excited to have you here and we appreciate it. Uh, we, we are huge fans of, of zips, uh, fan graphs and everything you guys do over there especially big fans of the neural network we're really we are, yeah we're huge really fans of the neural network, network for sure <laughs> i'm always i'm always surprised because i always get the impression that people are mostly annoyed with my various ai <laughs> neural network nonsense not at all i'm i'm a i'm an ai hipster because i was doing these weird gpt things before it became cool in 2020 <laughs> i've been doing this since like 2019 so i'm yeah. a i'm a uh, ai hipster well, and I mean, AI has kind of come under fire, and I've kind of always laughed at the fact that, like, you particularly dabble in the, like, kind of fun, you know, side of, of artificial intelligence. But, I mean, it, it has become something lately that people kind of scrutinize, and, and there's a growing kind of, like, mob against artificial intelligence. And understandable in some ways when it comes to, like, some of the things about copyright and you know, replacing mm-hmm. humans and movies and such like that. But I've, I've always enjoyed uh, the way that you have, have worked together with AI. Yeah. Well, the plus is I'm not trying to put people out of jobs. There you go. I'm just trying to <laughs> express the problems with my brain in, in visual and text form. Uh, so that's, I, I think, it. I think chaos and, and nonsense is the best use of an AI. Still. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Right. Uh, we've talked about Jesse being AI generated all the time. Yes. It's the reason why some of his <laughs> answers tend to be, uh, they lack empathy that a fan base is really looking for. But, uh, again, we're, we, we went over your zips projections for the diamondbacks for 2024. And, uh, there still seem to be some, uh, you know, especially after, the run that they went on and we, we know how baseball is, but uh, it still seemed to be evaluating the Diamondbacks um, kind of wins projection for next year seemed to be still fairly low. Is that based just on history or, or what, what kind of dictates how they project uh, a team's like wins and losses? Well, at, at this stage of the offseason, it's still very 
preliminary. Okay. Uh, basically, Zips is using the individual player projections and using our depth chart playing time, uh, which you can see if you go to the depth charts on Fangraphs, uh, kind of just prorating uh, the performance at the positions, adding up the war over 47.7, which is where replacement level is, and then come up with kind of a pseudo win total. Uh, Zips, I mean, I don't think it's negative about Arizona. Uh, I, I talked a lot about the Diamondbacks last year because Zips was pretty positive about them. Yes. Not positive yes. as in going to the World Series positive, right. but <laughs> Zips saw a lot of upside there. Uh, and Zips still, you know, likes them, but it just does not see them, you know, as having the same depth and star talent as the Dodgers do, for instance. For sure. And few, that's understandable. Few teams do have that kind of depth <laughs> yeah. and, and star power at this point. I did want to touch on, on a couple players' projections in particular. Uh, number one, I, I know last year you talked about how uh, it, it appeared that Brandon Fott's family had possibly uh, interfered <laughs> with uh, with his projection. And, uh, and this year, I mean, I think it has a 3.96 ERA, something around there. Uh, maybe it was 3.97 uh, for 2024, which is which is pretty positive for a guy who had an you know an ERA of almost six in his rookie season. Obviously, he was much better down the stretch and and uh, certainly in the postseason. I know Zips factors that in as well. What is it about Brandon Fott that you think uh, Zips gets uh, gets so excited about moving forward? Well, one one of the things uh, about Fott uh, about Fate is that if you look at his minor <laughs> league record, it doesn't look. Uh, I mean, the numbers don't really pop out at you until you sure. really consider the context of, of the of the levels he was in. Uh, yeah. The Pacific Coast League, I mean, you look at a minor league picture with an ERA, you were like 3.71 in, in, uh, in Reno, 4.5 in Amarillo. And you, you might think to yourself, hey, that's not that exciting. But the thing is, offense has exploded in the upper minors in the last few years. Uh I mean, the International League scored nearly six runs a game this year. The Pacific Coast League had some of its highest offensive seasons ever in, in the last couple of years. Uh, and you, you're even seeing that in, in the AA leagues, a lot of offense. So when you take that into consideration, it's a much better AAA and AA performance than it might look like at a glance. Uh, right now, just given the difference between the majors and the minors, you kind of want to mentally – promote pictures a little more and downgrade hitters a little in your estimation. Uh, and that zips includes postseason information in the projection does help him quite a bit. Uh, so I think it's still pretty positive on him. Not quite as positive as last year, but it still sees him as a, as a very legitimate, you know, number three starter type. Do you think his family is still hacking your entire <laughs> projection system? <laughs> I would think they'd be a little more ambitious if there were, if yeah, they were, because right. <laughs> I think you want to like, if you're going to hack a, a nerdy baseball writer's computer, I mean, really go all in. Don't just hack and then make them a mid-range starter. Right. right. Why are you? Why That's are you changing point, yeah. your grades and giving yourself a B plus? Right. Like, what yeah. are we doing? If you're going to hack into the computer system, give yourself an A. Yeah, it's like robbing a bank, but just taking the rolls of pennies. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's counterproductive. It's counterproductive. I, I did want to also ask you about Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, probably the biggest move the Diamondbacks have, have made 
this offseason, four years, $80 million, this deal can can escalate up to around $100 million. Uh, I was kind of surprised with how how positive the outlook is from Zips, a 365 ERA uh, for 2024. That's what Zips has uh, and seems to be fairly positive moving forward. What is it about Eduardo Rodriguez that you think you know makes makes the system kind of like him moving forward? Uh, well, he was one of those players who early on was underperforming his FIP, uh, his fielding independent pitching, and that tends to be a leading indicator of a guy who's going to have kind of a breakout to an extent. Uh, Zips also thinks that if you look at his profile, there's still the potential for uh, his strikeout rate to get back to what it was when when he was in Boston, 2018 to 2021, uh, because his swinging strike rate didn't really decline that much as much as his strikeout percentage has, uh, and so there's that chance kind of built in that he could be you know a nine ten strikeout per nine guy again in Arizona. Uh, he, he's one of my he's one of my favorite pitching transactions this offseason simply because it's not an absorbent amount of money. And uh, he's one of those guys who just, you know, he hasn't gotten a lot of press and he fills a need for Arizona. And that's what I always get on when teams team. It's not just about evaluating a player accurately. It's also about filling a need. Uh, For example, the Reds and uh, Candelario, it wasn't really a person they needed. But Erod, I think the Diamondbacks really, really could have used him because they didn't get what they wanted from Bumgarner over the years. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of speaking of Bumgarner, I I get in trouble when I talk about Bumgarner uh, and <laughs> and, compa- and compare him to to Erod around here. I but, hate when he does it. But they were both. I mean, I think both guys were thirty years old at the time of signing. Both lefties, obviously, there are there are some comparisons here. Uh, but I think you wrote in in the story about the Diamondback Sips projections about how the outlook for Erod now is significantly better than the outlook was for Madison Bumgarner. Uh, you know, back in back in in 2019 when the Diamondbacks made that move, why why is that? Uh, I think in in Bumgarner's case, if you look at his stats in context, he was pitching in a much easier environment than Rodriguez had. Uh, he had put up numbers in San Francisco. He had shown a continual kind of decline in his peripheral numbers. He allowed a lot of home runs for a guy in that park. Yeah. Uh, in 2019, he allowed, I think, 30, 31, 32, somewhere around there in, in home runs, which is a, which is too many when you're playing half your games in San Francisco, which is, right. you know, a terrible place for, for hitting home runs. Uh, I believe offhand that Zips had his war the first year projected a uh, bum garner as like 1.6 or something. Uh, I got a lot of people who were mad at me because I said that I'd rather have Kevin Gosman than Madison Bumgarner. Uh, <laughs> one of those, one of those predictions have that have worked out. Uh, many have not, uh, mind <laughs> you. Uh, we are. I've talked a bit about who the Diamondbacks still need to add, and we feel like obviously the the right-handed bat is is a big addition. We also know that the Diamondbacks still kind of need that DH spot filled. JD Martinez has been a name that's kind of been linked to the team as well as. Few other names: uh, Solaire, Reese Hoskins, uh, Turner, Justin Turner. Justin Turner. Yeah. So, what what are your thoughts? Uh, I guess on those four guys, and who would potentially be the best fit for for this team? Yeah, I, I think getting a DH is probably the best thing to do. I think if if you ask me, like my perfect world going on from here on out, obviously not Arizona trading for Juan Soto because that's probably an impractical thing to happen. Um, but I would prefer them just have Carol, Guriel, and, and Thomas, three starters in the outfield, 
Jake McCarthy and the rest can be, you know, fourth and fifth outfielders and plug in, you know, Jorge Soler is, is someone I really like as a DH because mm-hmm. he's a, he's a guy who needs to be a DH and he's, he's, I think he's got a little more tread left on his tires than Martinez does, even though it would be fun to have that reunion. Yeah, um, sure. But it's, it's good for the Diamondbacks because this hasn't been a particularly deep, uh, uh, crop of free agents so to speak when, when, when you talk about hitters uh but there are dh type guys out there uh so the opportunities still exist i think that they can look that they'll probably look at at the names you mentioned and see who just is the best fit who who can come with the least cost who's most willing to come there i'm trying to i'm trying to get you to make me think logically here instead of going with my heart for J.D. Martinez, because like you said, <laughs> I mean, when you watch a man hit four home runs in at Dodger Stadium for your team, it's hard not to fall in love with him. But sure. yeah, I mean, statistically, it does feel like, like you said, that Solaire might have a bit more to offer, especially if the deal ends up being like a two year deal. Uh, don't know what you're going to get out of J.D. Martinez for more than one season. It, it just it, it might make more sense. I think my my fear is that the Dodgers are really good at kind of wringing out talent from players. Yes, and I'd always yes. be worried about getting people after they leave the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, no, really no slight on the Diamondback staff, but the Dodgers seem to do this. I mean, they they I mean, Jason Hayward has been way better than I ever expected yeah. him to be in L.A. Right. Uh, I mean, they they initially <laughs> kind of brought Albert Pujols in. uh immediately from the angels and he had a pulse uh of course that worked out for the cardinals uh somehow (laughs) i i just think you know martinez he's going to be 37 before the end of the season and there's always that additional risk that a 37 year old hitter is you're going to be the one to see him age uh and there's the old earl weaver maxim it's better to trade a player a year too early than a year too late yeah Uh, i guess it just kind of goes the same for acquisitions or signings sure I, I do want to ask uh, one more on on Martinez real quick. The the Zips projection for Martinez, I, I don't have in front of me. I want to say it was like a 105 OPS plus. I think Steamer was kind of in the same range. At first glance, that seems really low to me, just given you know the, the season that Martinez just had. I know 2020 was kind of a disaster for him, as it was for a lot of pretty good players. I imagine that's factoring in there. Why why is it that you think uh, you know these projection systems are really not high at all on JD Martinez compared to to some of the other guys on the market? A lot of it is his age. Uh, it, it was actually 106 uh, OPS plus, which is pretty okay. much the same thing as 105. But <laughs> when you when you look at the, the the aging curve, when you talk about 36, 37, 38 year olds, it's not a gentle slope at this point. Uh, sure. Otherwise, every you know player who's a big hitter at age 36 will be a league average hitter at age 45, which we know doesn't happen. At some point, there's a cliff, and there are a lot of scenarios in which 2024 is that year. And since the Diamondbacks are likely in contention in 2024, I think they want to be a little more risk-averse at this kind of thing. If they were just kind of fielding someone who'd be an occasional pinch hitter, kind of like Jason uh, Giambi at the end of his career, that would be one thing. But I think this is a, a key team need. And even if Solaire doesn't have the upside that Martinez has, I think that the safer pick might be the better one here. Do what? you think, oh, uh, sorry, one uh, one more nerdy baseball question. <laughs> um, 
I, Soler, it, it, it's kind of interesting to me to think of him as a safer bet in some ways because he, even he is kind of, uh, you know, he was really good in mm-hmm. 2023, obviously. 2022 was not a good season for him. 2021 was. It seems like, uh, you know, projection systems view him very favorably. And I mean, based on the season he just had, I certainly can under can understand why. Um, but I don't know, at least in my head, I don't necessarily see him as like sort of the safe, the safe option. Uh, but I, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of curious, uh, you know, why, why do you think these projection systems are, are so uh, favor him so much? Uh, well, one one thing, I mean, the age is, is of course, a bonus. Uh, he was doing it in Miami, which is a pretty bad environment to hit home runs. Uh, sure. And if you look at his previous two seasons, he generally greatly underperformed from a slugging uh, scenario, his, his stat cast data. Uh, 2022 was a partial season for him for uh, a few reasons. Right. But in both 2020 and in the, in the, in the COVID year in 2021, he had X slug, uh, which is stat casts. Uh, estimate of slug from uh, Statcast data for for those who aren't familiar had him up around a 500 slugging percentage. Sure, uh, Zips doesn't explicitly use X stats; it uses its own kind of thing, uh, which is integrated in the projections. Uh, I don't know what Steamer does in that regards, but I imagine there's something similar. Uh, Jared doesn't tell me all the secret sauce, <laughs> uh, so that there there's probably a good case that despite kind of the mad 20 to 2020 that he's closer to the player he was in 2018 2019 and 2023 doesn't mean he's gonna hit 48 home runs again or anything sure. but i think that he has a surprisingly solid case to be a two to three win designated hitter and i think that's that's about what you're going to get in the market how much of a mistake do you think it would be for the diamondbacks to not bring in a dh we last year we saw tory kind of use that spot at times kind of like to give positional players a day off their feet and a chance to still be in the lineup. Uh, do you think that that's something that would work or, or just with kind of how the division is changing, how the Dodgers are just getting better? Is that going to be a, a bit of a mistake for the franchise if they don't address it? I, I think the thing is you want to try to get as much. Well, Let's put it this way. The Diamondbacks were seventh in the NL and runs scored last year. That's not a team that has overwhelmingly large amounts of offense to spare. So I think that they should try to eke as much out as they can because things happen. uh, If you don't add in a DH, you know, if Gurriel gets injured or, or God forbid, Carroll gets injured, then that then the dominoes hit you harder because now you're already kind of cobbling together a DH position. I think you can do both goals, uh, use the DH at times to rest players, uh, find, you know, the ideal matchups and individual games that, that are beneficial and still have a relatively full-time DH. You don't have to give Solaire, you know, 162 games at DH, but I think, uh, 130, a couple as an emergency corner outfielder in a pinch. Uh, I, I think that is kind of a doable scenario, and you still can use the DH to rest players because one one game of a of Solaire's defense isn't going to be that massive. We're talking about it's like one run every three weeks uh, when you talk about bad defense in baseball. Sure. Do you uh, kind of uh, switching to a league wide uh, perspective here? Do you have a favorite move? This offseason? Uh, hmm. I think it would be uh, Shota Imanaga with the Cubs. Hmm. I, I think wow. that given the market for pitching, he got they got a 
pretty good deal yeah. in Chicago for him. We were discussing uh, that yesterday for sure. Been, that, that's deal. That's a deal. Yeah, I really, I really like that. It's not a huge commitment. You're not having to spend 250 million to bring in Imanaga. And you're talking about a guy. I mean, he struck out more guys in in Japan than than Yamamoto was. Now, obviously, Yamamoto's young. He has higher upside. But I think people are sitting on him possibly because his velocity isn't great, but he gets a lot of movement. He's not just throwing a straight, crushable 92-mile-per-hour fastball down the plate. There's a lot of life and a lot of movement in his pitches. Uh, we saw that you know, in the, in the, in the WBC uh, back before 2023. So I, I think it's a really good signing. I wish the Cubs, or from the perspective of a Cubs fan, because I'm not a Cubs fan, but I think they should have – it would have been nice if they signed him and were able to close the deal with Stroman. Yeah. But yeah. Imanaga, I think, is a really good signing and one of my favorites. We were discussing, obviously, the free agency season moving so slow, uh, and I know that it's hard to compare because last year it felt like things were kind of happening fairly quickly and, and fairly early on. So uh, is it what, – what are your thoughts overall on on how slow free agency has been and, and what the impact of, like, Shohei's deal was kind of on, on free agency. I, I I think there's a, there's a few things in play here. Uh, one, I think Otani. Everyone was waiting to see what happened with Otani, simply because I think you know a number of teams were at least interested in him. Uh, another factor is that this free agent market is not particularly deep in position players. Uh, really, there were only a few interesting outfielders available at all in free agency this year. Uh, I mean, Gurriel was probably one of the top five outfielders available in free agency. Uh, it just wasn't a deep market. And yeah. also true. last offseason was kind of the first normal offseason in a few years because <laughs> in, in 2020 and 2020 right. when you had COVID, 2022 you, you had the lockout and that uncertainty. And there this was like the first real normal winter for spending and, and everything just – going back to how the world felt like it was before COVID. And there was kind of a little short-term influx of cash uh, because MLB sold their stake in MLB Advanced Media, which brought, you know, a decent amount of cash to every team. So everyone had a little more in their pockets last year. So I think once you put all these together, that's why it seems a little slow. Yeah. Uh, last thing for me, Dan, uh, it seems like, the, this off season, like like you said, is has been uh, has been odd and strange, and uh, we've been frustrated at the at the lack of the lack of action in in recent weeks. Um, but I, I actually I want to circle back to the Diamondbacks and uh, their their outlook heading into twenty twenty four. Do you do you see the Diamondbacks as being a a team that can confidently? Uh, sort of factor into that postseason picture. Do you feel like they they really need to address this DH problem and and them being a fixture in that NL playoff picture is you know kind of dependent on them doing that. I know there's you know there's still uh, some other moves to be made with with the Cubs. I'm sure they're not done. Uh, the Phillies might be close to done, but they you know they're certainly a formidable team. The Marlins uh, obviously made the playoffs last year as well. The Padres, Giants, uh, Reds, Brewers. There, there's a lot of teams in the National League that are kind of in this sort of mid middle tier uh, with the Diamondbacks. How do you think they stack up with all with all those other teams? 
I think they're in a in a pretty good position because even without uh, making any changes at DH, uh, when I've done some preliminary Zips projections for standings uh, as of a few days ago, doesn't reflect the recent Cubs moves, but it's regularly having based on assumptions because which which can differ. It, it's been having Arizona kind of in that eighty five to ninety win tier. And that puts you solidly in the wild card race. Obviously, the the errors beyond behind any projection are, are, are massive, and I think people tend to underrate that when they say, "Oh, well, you you said they would win ninety one games." Like, no, actually, <laughs> I said I was like sixty percent sure they'd win between eighty two and ninety nine games. That's, <laughs> that's what predicting the future is like. You just have massive errors. Uh, yeah, but the. The team should like where they are now. I just think, you know, having a DH added to the roster would just make them a little bit better and make more scenarios in which the Dodgers have a stumbling season and Arizona takes advantage of that, which is really what you want to see because winning the division is so much better for your postseason odds uh, than going by via the wild card. Yeah. Well, we saw that last year where the Diamondbacks narrowly made it in and, and mm-hmm. needed some help from some other teams in order to do so. Uh, my last question, Dan, is how can we get AI to correctly spell <laughs> team names on jerseys when they create images? Uh, how can we get that going? <laughs> I, I think the problem is it's just not the way they look at it. It thinks like design, of the right? letters. Yeah, it thinks of the letters as part of an image, not letters themselves as a discrete thing. I think maybe at some point they could kind of integrate kind of text chat gpt aii and the image ai to try to help with that because you get some pretty funny logos you really do you really do everything else is incredible but you always know you look at the hands and you look at the words and you know what it's ai hands are actually getting better that is true hands are getting better Uh, if you if you go back on mig journey which is the one i really like using you go back every version previously and the 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 uh the hand situation gets so much gnarlier most (laughs) most of the time you get five fingers at this point yeah uh, which is pretty good i mean it might look like a like a claw or have a weird bend of one of the fingers but people are looking more and more human in ai than they used to well, it still it's terrifies terrifying. me, but uh, <laughs> we appreciate you being here to make it make it friendly. So we thank you so much, and we look forward uh, to having you back and talking some more about all of all of these projections here as the season progresses. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Always fun, Jesse. I know we've talked a lot before. Yeah. And hopefully, next time I see you guys, I am a full head, not just a trial version. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to pay for the annual subscription in order to get Dan Zaborski uh, as a full head. So uh, we appreciate that, man. Thank you for stopping by. Thanks, Dan. Uh, I still don't believe that was really him. You think you think we have that in the in the budget? Well, we'll ask Saul. Can we do we have enough to to buy the full version yeah. of Dan Zaborski? I mean, the problem is, is that you just don't pay for the annual. You like it's not a one time fee. It's an annual <laughs> subscription. To be, uh, yeah. to have Dan Zimborski, the full, full you version. You can't so, go month to month. You can't yeah. go month to month. Uh, <laughs> I will say, though, thank you for all of you. Thanks to Dan for being here. Thank you to you for being here, of course, and the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed yet, make sure to do so now. Uh, sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss when any of our wonderful shows go live. Drop us a like. We appreciate you doing that. I was screaming it in, in the chat there a little while ago, but Gabby's here with his wonderful purple hair to tell you to drop a like. If you're listening on the audio podcasting side, make sure you subscribe there as well. Leave us a review. We always appreciate that. Those five-star reviews uh, really help us out. Uh, If you are looking to feed yourself, great place to do so is Illegal Pete's. Whether you're just stopping by for lunch, whether you're trying to meet a party or have some drinks and have a night out, Illegal Pete's is your place 
to go for uh, all everything you need. Patio season, of course, means patio beers. And it's been chilly here, but things are warming up. So make sure once we get back into like the 60s, you can go out to patio season out at Illegal Pete's. It's entirely but, too cold. Yeah, I don't, Jesse's going to the Pacific Northwest, so I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, but, I'm going to really regret yeah, he, it. My, he, my vacation plans couldn't have panned out his worse. His blood's been so quick <laughs> living back here in the valley. It's amazing. I'm going but. to Portland, Oregon on what I'm pretty sure is like the coldest the coldest day in of the Portland, year. Oregon, yeah. it, like at least for a decade or By something. Far. It's, it's outrageous. By far. But you know where it's not cold? Inside Illegal Pete's because they got that pipe That's and fair. hot queso yeah, as well as uh, the strongest margaritas in Arizona. So make sure to stop by. Uh, again, great place to go no matter when you're going. Ring in the new year with Illegal Pete's weekly deals. Kick the Monday blues with $3 margaritas all day long or ease your way back into the week with $2 tacos every Tuesday. Do you work in healthcare or education? They got your back. Take your team to lunch at Illegal Pete's every Tuesday and enjoy buy one, get one free entrees. And don't forget to unwind after a long day at their happy hour, 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. every day. Illegal Pete's your go-to spot for burritos, buddies, and beer. Also, shout out to OG's Brands, which is a big buddy of mine, uh, for launching new products. And I love when they launch new products because they're always delightful. They have their OG's Naturals, which are vegan gummies that are made with live rosin and available in a sweet clementine flavor. Uh, also, my new favorite thing, uh, the Big OG's Gummies is a mega version of Peg's Raspberry RSO. I no longer have to be vilified for the fact that I want to eat 100 milligrams of edibles at one time and thanks to ogs i can do it they perforated it so you can share but i don't know about that uh that's uh your mileage may vary on on if you want to use that or not but uh they do have uh their big ogs now available you can check those out and to learn more about ogs gummies and where you can find them head on over to ogsbrands.com we had a very special guest here uh earlier today that we had a chance to talk to and this is some of our very first diehard only content that we will be bringing you we will have our full exclusive interview with diamondbacks catcher tucker barnhart available to you our diehards but we did want to show a couple of clips from the interview it was great talking with tucker uh he seemed very excited and rejuvenated to be here in the valley i think that was my main takeaway he's very excited yeah. about the opportunity to be a part of this organization and it wasn't the trial version of tucker Barnhart. no yeah we, we actually we, paid the fee we got actually the got the full thing. version well i mean because again with dan zimborski it's a little different but tucker <laughs> that's a veteran which i called him a veteran i should have called him a grizzled young veteran because the man not old <laughs> enough to be considered a veteran when it comes to this team though he he would be and his experience for uh some of these 23 24 year old guys be very helpful uh he has a relationship with a few members on this team, including new pitcher Eduardo Rodriguez, as well as hitting coach Joe Mather. Uh, but we did ask him a bit about like what kind of brought him here and what some of the main factors were. And he discussed uh, discussing Tor discussed talking with Tori Lobolo and and how much that impacted his decision to come to the Valley. Yeah, I would say that. I mean, after talking with him on the on our Zoom call that we had, we talked for probably an hour and. <laughs> I mean, that was the first time I'd actually spoken to him. I mean, obviously competed against against the Diamondbacks and Tory for sure. for a long time, and and have developed an appreciation and a respect, very high respect level for him and and the, and his teams. Um, and so I, I would say after the Zoom call, I mean, it was one of the, I mean, top, at the top of the list in terms of why I wanted to come here. Um, it it's just the the passion in his voice and, and talking and and the communication seems to be top notch he, he reminds me a lot of david bell who i played for in cincinnati and and i can't say enough good things about david i mean he's he david was a guy that that 
if you started to even argue a call whatsoever, you could feel him running behind you to have your back. And, and <laughs> I don't know if Tori's that way, but oh, we've in, seen him in be terms that way. of those things, <laughs> in terms of those things, but in just talking with him, it seems very, it seems, they seem very aligned. Um, and, and I, and I, and I can't wait. We, he talked a little bit about those connections and how important those connections are yeah. for him. And especially in his career, how those connections have made him a better catcher. Now, we know we're a connected team, and he's connected, and it seems like there's a lot of connecting going on, Jesse. <laughs> it's it's it, it also seems like a guy very much aware that, I mean, he talked about how, you know, getting DFA'd by the Cubs yeah. was a, a big wake-up call for him and how, like, you know, there is a point where you just kind of stopped, stop adapting and, and stop getting better as a player. Uh, and, and he, like I said, he's very grateful for the opportunity to come here and try to win this backup role behind Gabby, who who he had very nice things to say about as well. Yeah, yeah. We'll post we'll post what he said about Gabriel Moreno. He talked about wanting to help him uh help him uh win another gold glove. Yeah, and, and ride on his coattails. Yeah, just ride on his yeah. coattails. Yeah, that, that was uh that was good stuff. But yeah, this is a this is a different uh kind of uh chapter in the career of Tucker Barnhart where yeah. he has been uh a a steady presence at catcher uh you know mainly Especially for the, in Cincinnati. Yeah, mainly for the Cincinnati Reds from twenty fourteen, came up at, at age twenty three uh, all the way through 2021, he was there for for a good while. Um, but now it's it's a little bit different for him. I think it was a one year deal that he signed with the Tigers, and then last off season he signed a two year deal with the Cubs. But the Cubs decided that they had enough catching depth in house, and they DFA'd him in August. He was picked up by the Los Angeles Dodgers at the end of the 2023 season. Uh, played some games in in their minor league system, but didn't wind up getting getting a call up. Uh, so this is different. This is new for Tucker Barnhart. He's used to going into spring training. And, you know, I, w- I would never say that jobs are, are just handed to you in spring training. Like Correct. everyone has to, you know, prove it and, and, and right. work for it for sure. But, uh, yeah, this is different. Like he is going to step in and have to prove himself alongside, you know, Jose Herrera figures to be the main competition there. Adrian Del Castillo, uh, D-backs catching prospect, could factor in Ronaldo Hernandez. A guy that they signed a, a couple weeks ago, he could factor into that as well. So this is this is different for Tucker Barnhart, and I I mean I imagine mentally that that has to be difficult to go yeah. from a place where you're you're kind of the guy uh, to being a backup to now having to like fight for a role as a backup in in spring training. I not not to get too much on my my own story, but I just told you yesterday. Oh, here we go again about going to school in Puerto Rico. <laughs> Um, and I'm just saying like there, there is a thing about school kind of being fairly easy to me as I went through school. Right. And sure. once I left the state of Arizona and started attending school in a country where English was no longer the primary language, uh, I obviously struggled a bit. Right. Is that is but fair. <laughs> I told you it was more than that. It's history of Spanish. There are a lot of things there. Uh, I didn't know anything about the history of the island of Puerto Rico because I grew up here knowing counties in Arizona. That's where I uh, grew up going to school. What it, what it was, I like, I wasn't, I wasn't prepared to all of a sudden experience that level of difficulty because I had gone into every school year, just cruising, just like no worries about if I was going to understand the material or be good in sure. class. It was, it was a given. Right. And I think that, you know, what Dan said earlier is very true. There is just a cliff sometimes in players' careers where everything is cruising along. Yeah. Every year you're the starting catcher. Every year it's kind of a no-brainer that you're going to come into camp, you're going to perform, and you're going to be given that job. And yet, you know, there comes a point where suddenly that's not there any longer, you know? Yeah. And I mean, 
it, it it's sudden because again, you still feel like you have a lot to offer. And at no point did you really fall off on your, on your physical abilities. It can be a point though, where you don't continue to adapt enough in your career, where you do become a bit obsolete. He discussed switch hitting, which I found to be fascinating yes. and about <laughs> adapting when it came to hitting and switch hitting and not switch hitting and switch hitting again. And like, again, a lot of that is trying to adapt so that you can continue to be at the top of your game or at least find the most success. Right. Uh, he, he also had a great bit, which of course we, we can't wait for all of you diehards to see where he talked about like some good advice given to him by Jay Bruce, which was to not necessarily just dwell on on the bad at bats you have but maybe every once in a while when you're watching film also take a look at the good at bats you had to see what was going well <laughs> for you not always dwell on the negative which is something again this guy who's talking right now can very much relate to <laughs> uh, but going back to the switch hitting thing i thought it was a very interesting you know answer that he gave and and kind of how his career has gone being a switch hitter yeah i didn't i didn't know this about uh tucker barnhart to be honest somehow somehow this fell off my radar uh but yeah he has he has zigzagged quite a bit in terms of being a switch hitter and being a left-handed hitter he's now now just a left-handed hitter heading in heading into 2024 uh but yeah in this interview we we asked him about that and and uh he kind of walked us through that that whole that whole journey that he went through I, I did want to touch on on the hitting side of things, and uh, I I somehow had missed this in in your career that you were a switch hitter for a long period of time. Uh, in 2019, late 2019, it looks like you decided to just hit left-handed. Uh, you went back to switch hitting for for a brief time for a season. Now you're back to just hitting left-handed. You just kind of take us through that that evolution over the years and kind of the thinking behind those decisions. Well, it's I mean, it sounds like it's been a train wreck, but it, it really has. I've, <laughs> I've, uh, I honestly, when I was in the minor leagues in Cincinnati, I p was I was petitioning to not hit right-handed from, I mean, I got drafted in 2009. I was probably petitioning in 2011 to just become a left-handed hitter only. Uh, left-handed huh. hitting, being a left-handed hitter is my, uh, hitting left-handed, excuse me, is my natural side. So, um it wasn't something that that I had done professionally, obviously, just hitting left-handed. And so I think that was the the hardest thing to kind of figure out, especially in the minor leagues. I mean, let's say, call it what it is. You're trying to keep as much or add as much value to you as a player. Even now, you're trying to add as much value to you as a player as possible. And I think being very blunt, the reason, the only reason I started or I kept switch hitting was to just continue to hold that, I guess, card in my hand that, Hey, sure. he's, he is a switch hitter. Um, but you know, for me, it was to getting into the, the actual mechanics of things being, being a natural left-handed hitter, left-handed hitting always came easier to me or in, and, and adjustments happen a lot quicker and a lot easier. Um, and so for me, it, to, to be very cut and dry, I was going into off seasons with my left-handed swing making tweaks and I was going into into the off season right-handed like every single year trying to like wholesale change my swing to figure something out and sure at the, sure. and and at my position I mean especially getting older and and having to rely on catching so much for me personally like it, it just was you know in a way weighing me down uh, I I I've, I've gotten 
and, and clouding judgment and clouding thoughts. And, and I was carrying hitting over to my defense and it just became this thing that just didn't make sense anymore. Um, and I think the way where the game is now, I mean, a lot of matchups are played, a lot of platoon splits are played no matter for the most part, no matter who it is. I mean, there are, there are obvious, there are obvious uh, outliers, but there are a lot of, a lot of positions, a lot of players where platoon advantages are used. And, I, it felt it feels like to me, and 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 I know that it's right that left-handed hitting only is is what makes the most sense for me. Me and Damon were getting lost in his beard there. <laughs> by the way, it's glorious. It's so well, it's so luscious. It's so well maintained. He he immediately qualifies for the best beard. On we'll the team. we'll definitely and we'll uh, we to, didn't get to ask Tucker in that interview about his. Uh, his, his beard conditioners yeah yeah i mean there's some, there's there's some professional grooming i think that goes on with that as well like yeah. there's just i mean a lot the, of work. he's putting conditioner in that thing no doubt it's it, it's better than than my head of hair no Damon's dude it, that, hair. the thickness <laughs> like yeah what is going on there it's luxurious <laughs> it really is it's incredible it's incredible it's kind of a it's a it's an alpha move to come on the team and just have the best beard out of nowhere like that's <laughs> oh that's of, so alpha that's such an alpha move yeah right? oh god i'm sure um, that that was a key part of the Diamondbacks wanting to recruit him, right? They I mean, took yeah, one look at the beard, and they're the, like, look, "We absolutely hey, have to have this hey, guy." You got you got to you got to <laughs> present a certain air of confidence, and you don't have a beard like that without having a tremendous amount of confidence. Uh, again, very excited to talk to Tucker and to see him go out there and win that uh, opportunity to be the backup catcher. There's going to be a competition for it, so it's not going to be easy, but. I definitely think he has an advantage with some of his relationships and his experience in this league. That's kind of the one thing that Gabby doesn't have is the experience. So I feel like, yeah, for I sure. mean, pairing, uh, a, pairing Gabby with someone who's been around for a yeah, while yeah. does make some sense for it, sure. There's a lot of value there. So, of course, to see that entire interview, make sure to sign up today to be a diehard. You can go to gophnx.com right now. Sign up. You will get your welcome package with your free T-shirt from the phnxlocker.com and all sorts of other goodies, including Jesse's newsletter, all of our content, access to our uh, members-only Discord lounge, which is the best place to be an Arizona sports fan, so much more, including discounts from our partners uh, and all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, we have uh, upcoming events, and you'll get discounts on events as well, including our our little uh, son's takeover of Putting World, which I'm very excited about because that, that I, will I, be was, fun. I was I was dialed in. Me and Jacob were just going I was, I putt was, for putt. I was good, Derek. Yeah, yeah, it's beat, a lot of fun. I think I beat Max. But like, if you would have told me, I would have had so much fun at a miniature golf place that did not have windmills or giant clowns to hit the ball into. I would not have believed it in a million years. But we had a blast. And we look forward to seeing all of you guys out there uh, for that event as well. Of course, if you haven't checked out BetMGM, now is the time to do so. BetMGM is going to give you $158 in bonus bets for simply making one $5 bet. That's all you have to do. If you sign up now with our code of PHNX, uh, download the Sportsbook app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Just all you have to do is deposit $5 in your newly created account and then place a wager in that amount of $5 or more at a standard odds price. Once you have placed your bet, you will receive $158 in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your wager, which is Jesse uncovered with his journalism and his and his investigating uh, Super Bowl 58. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. We're, Only I could have figured we're that out. We're baseball guys. We don't yeah. pay attention to a lot outside of here. I mean, we get two months off and then we have to be back out at spring Jesse training. Loves okay. His football, man. Oh, Isn't he's a it? big, big, I mean, big can't football we be guy. honest that it's dumb, like how the NFL is insistent on keeping track of like what numbers, like as if it's so, like, we don't call it like World Series 100, and, you yeah, know? Yeah, I mean, well, when, we're, when you're, it seems when snobby, your sports Derek. been around since 1895 or whatever, the, or I, I should say, said I, I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. What a hundred like the hundred and eighty no. annual World Series. The biggest problem no. with the Super Bowl thing is that they use Roman numerals and nobody knows how to read Roman numerals anymore. So they're just looking at the it's like, oh, it's it's uh I X, like what and this no one no, no one speaks this language, teacher, right? Folks, and that's yeah, we did I do not children. teach when I was teaching math, Derek. We did not once use Roman numerals <laughs> for anything because nobody uh, knows how to do that how anymore. How about cursive? Did you use cursive? That's also no. obsolete from what I'm hearing. But anyway, what's not obsolete is this offer. Get down on it now, do not miss out on it sign up for bet mgm now and use that bonus code of phnx place your first bet mgm sportsbook wager through the sportsbook mobile application for at least five dollars you will receive that 158 dollars instantly in additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome check out the show notes for full details and now listen to shane talk about the disclaimer Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. 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 I went. Are you, are you um, harmonizing? I went. I went an octave up. I went up a little bit. On you that tried one. to go. An I tried to up. go up. Well, those <laughs> days are behind me. But I used to be a soprano at one point. Uh, speaking of, uh, I guess the past and the future a little bit. Uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks have finally released some game times for both spring training and regular season, which is exciting. We also know when we will be playing some of these uh, national games. On Fox, also exciting, but uh, opening day is set for Thursday, March 28th uh, at 7, 10 p.m. at home against the Colorado Rockies. Yeah. Very considerate of them to avoid uh, WrestleMania weekend on my behalf. I appreciate oh, them doing that. Go. Yeah, I'm they, sure they messed they, that up last year, but they consulted uh, in advance and made sure. Of course. Uh, the Colorado Rockies, I mean, I, I guess that's a pretty positive Aww. outcome for the Diamondbacks yeah. in terms of, uh, <laughs> with, with how brutal their start to the 2023 season was. Yeah, right? it was like it was, Dodgers, it Padres, was Dodgers, four, Padres, four Dodgers, game, Padres. Yeah, four game with the Dodgers and then uh, a few games with the Padres and then yeah. back to the Dodgers at home. That was a really rough way to start the season. Uh, much A much softer landing. Uh, in, I'm okay in with 2024 with okay the Rockies. With Although the D-backs have a three-game series with the Yankees immediately after uh, that series with the Rockies, the, the, the New York Yankees coming That's to Yankees. coming to Arizona. I wish for, Sean DePaz was set. here to just unleash for the next four minutes on what he would call <laughs> a poverty franchise in the New York Yankees. But one thing I am actually excited about is the Diamondbacks had a very very rough start when they started their season overseas in Australia. It was a bad season for them. Uh, this is true. This year. The MLB season starts on March 20th and 21st with both the Padres and the Dodgers playing each other in Seoul, Korea. I don't hate that one bit. 
Go get that jet lag. Go get, <laughs> go get go ruin your season by opening it up overseas. I mean, I they have care. a pretty decent amount of time between then and like the rest of the fine. games, right? I mean, it's a full week out in advance. Wasn't every, the Australia trip else. like exhibition games for the Diamondbacks? It wasn't actually regular season games or anything. It was, wasn't it? No, I think those were. Oh, were they? Those were real games. I know we yeah. played an Australian team when we were over there, so like like a practice or like an exhibition or whatever. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, any anything that starts their season off bad, I'm fine with. Uh, spring tra- spring training also starts against the Colorado Rockies, which makes sense considering we yes. share the same facility. There you uh, go. That is on February 23rd, which is only 43 days from now. Jesse, on that day, I will be on a cruise ship. That seems like very poor planning on it your part. It really <laughs> does. But again, the baseball season is 11 months long, I believe. It's not 11 months long. <laughs> it might as well the playoffs be. weren't that long, Derek. Come uh, on. Tori never got to take down his Christmas decorations. I guarantee you those are still up right now. But uh, <laughs> like we said, the national TV schedule was also announced for Fox. And there are some uh, big Diamondbacks games on there as well. They're going to be covered on Fox. Here's a look at that schedule. Yeah, yeah, you've got a couple couple Diamondback showings here on this graphic. These are just the games that are happening toward the beginning of the season. Uh, I believe the D-backs this have is first, seven. Yeah, first month of the game. Yeah, seven games on either Fox or FS1 that are scheduled as of right now throughout the season, which is a, a pretty pretty decent number. Uh, you'd certainly expect the D-backs to get a little bit more love from the national networks after being in the World Series and all, and it, it seems like that is that is indeed the case. Uh, but yeah, you have a showdown here between the Diamondbacks and the Giants on FS1 happening in April, as well as the Diamondbacks and the Mariners on FS1 a little bit later in the month. So those are those are the the first two to to kind of have in your head. Well, we are going to actually be continuing this exact conversation over on our brand new audio only podcast that we are going to be recording once a week. Uh, this is going to be dropped on the audio podcast feed. So we hope you guys enjoy that and I hope you download we are, it. We are going to be going through the whole 2024 schedule. That's right. And picking out all of the uh, kind of interesting series and uh, yeah, just kind of taking a look at the whole thing and figuring out what what stands out to us. So, I'm also going to yeah. make some wild claims about what Jesse is doing since there won't be a camera to back up whether or not uh, he is indeed standing on the desk. Uh, doing the chicken dance so make sure to stay <laughs> that is tuned the way i usually do my audio podcast. i can't, I can't. Jesse. that's <laughs> i mean again this that's they're going to get to see a side of jesse that they don't normally get to see am i right damon a hundred percent they're not going to get to see that's, anything uh, that's I, the point <laughs> i will i will make sure to visually describe everything just like reactionary youtube bloggers do which is i think their only job but anyway make sure <laughs> to check that out we'll be dropping the first one tomorrow on saturday or what is today? Today's, Today's Thursday. Thursday. We'll, we'll yeah, be dropping you're it a little on, ahead of yourself. Well, maybe today. we'll drop it on Friday a little early for you, but those will be coming on the weekends going forward. So make sure uh, to check that out. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at cap underscore caveman with a K. This absolute maniac next to me is at Jesse and Friedman. Damon, he is the people's producer behind the Mac. He is also known as uh, Damon Dog on Twitter. I don't know if you're aware of that. You can find him at Damon, D A W G. We are also Damon's dogs. Bark, bark. Dan uh, Zimborski, also one of Damon's dogs. Dan from, Zimborski from what I've been told. is indeed. And you one can of follow him on Twitter at D Zimborski. That's right. Uh, and you can follow Fangraphs or go to fangraphs.com. You can also pronounce it F War or Fwar. Dan gave me the blessing to call it that. He didn't really. I do not think he did that. That's fine. I mean, I'll just, again, we don't even know if that was the real Dan, Jesse. That <laughs> that's easily true. could have been a yeah. chat GPT prompt. If anyone well, could have found a way. Voice, right? They saw what yeah. they did with my voice. If anyone terrifying. could have found a way to come up with something to like 
Yeah, that very well could have been could you imagine actual how, days like, I think Dan season. never has to attend a Zoom meeting, ever. He can just pre-program like some thoughts and then go take a nap. That would have really come in useful in, in college, right? Oh, like all those, all those Zoom yes. classes that I did during yes. the COVID years, that yes. would have been fantastic. Well, we appreciate you guys stopping by. Of course, again, our show is at PHNX underscore DBACs, but all roads do lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow. This man is going to go freeze his butt off in Portland, but I will be joined by Espo, who told me he's going to hold our arbitration hearing tomorrow for my career here at PHNX. <laughs> I don't like that one bit, but I, make sure I to tune hope in for that. that you're still here when I come back, Derek. I hope I'm the, still here too. Of it, I, I still have years left on my contract, Jesse. That's absurd. <laughs> do you have a, do you have a lawyer like representing you? At That's what you were supposed hearing? to be here for. <laughs> uh, anyway, we appreciate you guys stopping by. We thank you for your time. Uh, see you tomorrow. This guy won't, but I'll see you tomorrow. And remember kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when you know for in fact that it was the real Dan Zimborski.